This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuck back for Arfield, one up early, Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball, it's Rory now. Gone the outside, he's Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this weekend's what feels like a crunch match already uh, against Bournemouth down at the bottom end of the Premier League. Now, I'm never, ever, ever going to say that there's a must-win game uh, in October because there's no such thing. However, I don't think it could get as close as this for the Clarets, but I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by John and John is from the Cherries Red Army YouTube and podcast. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. If there was such a thing as a six-pointer this early on or a must-win game, this certainly is it. Yeah, we both really need to kick on. Uh, ideally, just us, obviously, from my perspective. But <laughs> um, but yeah, both of us are desperate for the points. But before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that for the twenty-three, sorry, for the twenty-three twenty-four season, uh, the Turfcast Podcast pregame show is of course sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. It's a massive fortnight of sport currently with the Premier League, rugby, and cricket all taking centre stage. And to celebrate, Green King is giving listeners of this podcast twenty percent off drinks until the twenty-ninth of October. 
over an hour before, during and after the sport. All you need to do is download the Green King Sports app if you've not downloaded it before. You'll even get a free welcome pint. So head down to the App Store, download the Green King Sport app, get 20% off your round and don't miss a minute of the action. That's if you want to watch the bugbear, because of course England are now out and that's if you want to watch the cricket, which I am more partial to, which of course England are suddenly dreadful at despite being the world champions, which is infuriating. Um, But uh, talking of infuriating... Let's talk about Burnley and Bournemouth because obviously Burnley were infuriating last time out against Brentford and as uh, viewers of the channel will well know, um, I decided that would be my first away game of the season. Um, I was tempted by Bournemouth um, but that Brentford game immediately put me off and I'm like, nope, I'll um, I'll just get some trick-or-treating done. Um, but um, yeah, John, talk to me about Bournemouth then because as I've said, Burnley are infuriating at the minute uh, to watch, uh, giving away a lot of uh, the ball and uh, and losing a lot of games. Um, but there's not many teams that have started worse than Burnley, but Bournemouth is one of them. So talk to me about your season so far. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, I know uh, feeling. Yeah, that. well, I suppose, I suppose from the beginning, it would be the fact that we've obviously got a new manager. Um, you know, we parted ways with Gary O'Neill before uh, mm. the start of pre-season. Um, and within a few days of, of getting rid of Gary O'Neill, we brought in um, Andoni Iraola, who is the first non-British-born manager in our over 100-year history. Um, yeah. So we've gone we've gone continental for the first time ever. Um, and you know there was a lot, a decent lot of backlash from basically every fan base outside of Bournemouth fans. I guess. Yeah, I think I tweeted O'Neill. about it. I'll, I'll be honest, I think I tweeted about it as well. Yeah, um, and I think I think it was one of the it was one of the rare things where you'd see basically the entire Bournemouth fan base. I think was relatively united in the whole kind of thank you, Gary, but we don't think you're the guy that's going to take us on from this point on. And I think the yeah. the phrase that I've heard a couple of times recently for the, the idea of what Bournemouth the ownership of Bournemouth who are a relatively recent ownership group to take over the club is the idea of following models like Brighton thrive, not survive. And Gary O'Neill is a survive manager. Um, there's no doubt about that. You can see what he's doing with Wolves. A lot of Wolves fans were not happy with him for a while up until they managed to manage to score two goals against Man City with that, with one shot on target. So, um, and then they obviously beat us recently, but Bournemouth have had a promising preseason, a very good transfer window i would say it was one of the best transfer windows in the league when you just look at filling in holes that were desperately needed improvement in but the massive area that we definitely didn't unfortunately settle on as we should have done was a replacement for jefferson lerma which has massively cost us jefferson lerma who's now at palace and although he's injured at the moment is a still a very popular figure at bournemouth as a proper bullwing dm the guy that held us together for long periods of the last five years brought in tyler adams who would who would be an upgrade as far as I'm concerned, but has been yeah, injured since coming in. Played 20 minutes against Stoke in the uh, second round of the second or third round, can't remember which one of the Carabao Cup, the most recent round of the Carabao Cup, um, and not long after that was out again with a recurrence of a hamstring injury, which he's needed surgery on, and went back until about February. So. After a very tough start to the season, just behind Newcastle, the hardest first six figures, and I'd say probably the hardest first eight figures of the season, when I didn't expect us to get a win, and we didn't, but we got absolutely destroyed by Arsenal at the end of that period. Um, 4-0 was not really flattering to either side in in that regard. Um, It was a completely fair scoreline. We then go to our first game where you would expect that we have a decent chance of winning away to Everton. 
and we just don't compete again. We lose three yeah. 0 It wasn't good. And now, most recent game at home to Wolves, the real tester. And we go in halftime one 0 up. The first time this season that we've been winning at halftime, um, and with not for the first time conceding within a couple of minutes of the restart. Lewis Cook loses his head and headbutts uh, Huang and gets sent off. And then when we have to defend really well for a 1-1 draw with a minute of normal time to go, our keeper makes a ridiculous decision to play out from the back quickly and we lose the ball and concede right away. So there's been a period where of adjustment where we feel as though this team, are they able to actually adapt to the, to the manager's style? We're actually Bournemouth and Burnley are actually in a quite a similar position from, I would say a lot from an outsider's perspective, and they're trying to stick to a philosophy that is just Mm. not working at the moment. And the managers are being very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They just want to stick to that style. And it's whether it's whether they it's whether it's all they know or whether it's just the players aren't capable of doing it, whether they're not willing to adapt, they're struggling to get goals and keep and stop goals going in their own at their own net. And whilst most fans for a long period were not blaming Iriola at all, because we understood the the difficulty of the games and the period of adjustment, the Arsenal and Everton fans have started the Arsenal and Everton games started getting fans to turn a little bit, and that defeat yeah. against Wolves has seen a number of fans reach the point where they think it's not it's they they're convinced it's not going to work under this guy. So we're at a very big tipping point at the moment, and this game could decide the manager's fate. As much as I don't think it should, I think there's a chance that it could. So you said there you don't think it should say if we go to the vitality uh, and turn you over four nil it's not going to happen don't, just don't don't worry about that um <laughs> would you still be like no give him give him a chance give give him longer because that would be what nine games no wins and like you said yep. that there's been outside looking in like there might be little spells of play that I've not seen but outside looking in obviously eyes are only focused on on things that hit the news from my perspective. And obviously that 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 Wolves goal, one one, last minute, you're down to ten men, they've got a man advantage. It's just it's just ridiculous decision making. And people can blame the player, but it's probably that in the player's head, the manager wants me to do this, the manager wants me to do this. So uh, my worry with you as a as a fan of a club down there is I think you will pull away from it if you change a manager personally, but you obviously know more about Bournemouth than me. So say, for example, in that hypothetical situation, we turn you over on Saturday, would you still stick by the manager? Um, here's the thing, is that at the moment, Iriola doesn't have his assistant. Um, we uh, the only the only coaching staff that were brought across with him was his fitness coach, and whilst it was planned to also bring his assistant manager in, he has failed to get his work permit. Um, and what he's currently got as part of his backroom staff is his one fitness coach, maybe some elements of the goalkeeping coach that's been around for a bit, or, or other bits and pieces. But his main two sort of next, his main two first team coaches are Bournemouth legends is Sean Cooper and Tommy Elphick because we often try and keep yeah. players involved in, in the coaching side but they've only been first team coaches since Gary O'Neill came in so they are about a year in first team coaching so they're still learning and Iriola is not only trying to teach his players he's trying to teach his coaching staff as well and he's doing it without his main man to help him um, and I feel like the higher-ups have not done enough to support him because there's definitely going to be... It's not confirmed, but it's fairly certain that when we brought in Tyler Adams, they knew he was decently cropped. 
but mm. they brought him in anyway. They didn't go for another option. And with other transfers that they brought in that have looked a bit like we've gone heavily on wingers, and yet we've only got one left back in the team. Um, there's, Mate, that's exactly, exactly the same as us, Matt, yeah. actually. So, so I think that the reason that Iriola may get the sack if we were to lose against uh, against Burnley, if it was if it was to be a demoralizing result, if it was to be a three four nil, then I do think that his his position is is basically gone. And whether that, that would be certainly with the fan base, certainly with large swathes of the fan base, and I'd imagine the higher ups would have to make a call just as but the thing is is that once you've already got rid of Gary O'Neill and you've made a call and said no, yeah, we're going to go this route. We're gonna stick with we're gonna go down a certain philosophy. If you get rid of that within three months, three, four months, like what does that say about your ownership style? And if you do, who are you getting in that's going to are you gonna bring someone to try and that's just gonna be what you want but better, which is unlikely because they're gonna to go to a better club, or are you gonna resort back to I don't know, trying to bring in a firefighter, which is what Gary O'Neill was. And then but but then you've just signed a bunch of players that you want to be able to take you on. We're in a very similar position to what Southampton were in last season, I feel. Because Southampton, mm. obviously, they ditched Hasenhutl not long in, but they brought in loads of young players with no experience. And we are currently vastly short of players that will, you know, drag a team through a match. We don't have very many. We don't have very many leaders at all. But certainly not. It's many mad how similar the situations are at the minute. Heavy on yeah, wingers, no left back, no experience. <laughs> it's mad how similar it is. Exactly. The only difference is is that we brought in our manager at the start of this season. You brought yours in. A year, a year before, yeah. But it seems, uh, having heard a little bit about Burnley recently on the podcast I listened to as well, it does feel like we're in an incredibly similar situation. And I do feel like the only reason, regardless of whether we keep Iriola in or not, the only reason that I would still rate Bournemouth staying up, heck, even if Iriola stayed, is that we have that extra year of Premier League time. So we've got yeah. that more money that we've already spent. We've got a bigger depth of players, even if it's maybe not enough as much as we'd like. Um. And and it really could be just, you know, for the next several months, it really could just be a dogfight down there between ourselves, you, Sheffield United and Luton, because most of the rest of the teams I see pulling away at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I was hopeful. I've got nothing against Wolves, but I was hopeful Wolves would be down there um, at some point. But thought, yeah. yeah, looking at some of their results recently, I think they'll pull away. Everton, now that one's interesting. Um, without this 12-point deduction, I think I think they're, um, they're safe. Um, I think they'll have enough enough to, to stay away from it. But if it happens, I don't think it will. Uh, but if it happens, uh, then they could be down there and it's just a case of finishing above above two and then we could both stop mm. up. Because at the minute, I do think it's it's one of, sorry, three of four and it's us two and obviously the other two promoted sides. Um, not to go heavy on the on the, on the the manager situation, but you mentioned that Iriola um, hasn't had enough help, you think, from the board and, and stuff like that. Do you think it's a problem with his philosophy as to why it currently isn't working? It may well do if, if he gets a chance. Uh, a current Is it an issue with his philosophy in the league, or do you think it's the right manager at the wrong time, or just just doesn't fit the club? Uh, no, I think it could. I think I think your second. I think your second point there is probably the right one. Is the right manager at the wrong time? Because I think that um, I think. Bournemouth had Bournemouth went a decade with an incredibly attacking and very um 
very idealized style under Eddie Howe. The entire club was built around Eddie Howe, really. The higher yeah. ups just basically followed what he wanted. He he had the Rome of pretty much every aspect of the club. Um but after that we went through Jason Tindall very briefly, but Jonathan Woodgate, Scott Parker, Gary O'Neill, every single one of them has been basically every single one of them has been incredibly defense first. And so we've got a certain, we feel as a number of fans are sort of feel like it's a little bit inbaked in the players that they have quite a defense first idea. And that this pressing style is, if you don't get it right, if you want to high press everyone, it's just, it's footballing suicide. If you're mm. not, if you're not really, really on it, and every single player is is well and truly sticking to their system, because if you pack, well, I mean, heck, Burnley as Burnley fans, you're probably well aware, you can spend every game incredibly packed deep with a four four two bank, yeah. and a couple of players might not necessarily be on their game, but it doesn't matter. You've crowded the box so much, no one's got any space, and they're not going to score. So it makes it very painful to watch at times, but it is quite a solid strategy to keep you up every season. And I feel that I, that was O'Neill's plan for a lot of the time, but he had a lot of pace on the counter and we made it work. Um, whereas when you're pressing very high, you only need one person to be just a little bit off in the timing of a press and your entire front six is broken. And you're mm. now worrying about a six on four attack or something ridiculous like that, which happened a lot against the likes of Arsenal. Um, so it's, when you look at what Iriola did at Rio Vallecano, he had a whole season in, in the Segunda division to basically build up the principles in a much more easy league to deal with. And heck, they didn't even get up automatically. They got through the playoffs. So I think they finished sixth. So they weren't outstanding in that season. But once they got to La Liga, everyone knew their jobs and they were able yeah. to sort of surprise people in that regard. Whereas for us, it's like, you know, I mean, he he's he's a student of Bielsa, and you know that Bielsa ball historically takes like several months to get you to get you sorted in what you need in terms of athleticism and the timing of of, of your moves. Mm. And this just feels like it's a bunch of players that are struggling to put into practice the manager's philosophy and the manager's ideas. And like I said, part of that is because he doesn't have one of the guys that would help him do that in his assistant manager. Mm. Um, but if this was if we'd done this when we were in the championship and had got Iriola instead of Parker, yeah. then I think we're looking, we're talking about a completely different situation. So um, yeah, I think, I think it is, I think it would be a very good manager just in the wrong time and maybe with a different set of players, maybe in a team, even, uh, I don't know if you went in at say Brentford or if you went in at um, Brighton, heck even like Crystal Palace, like a mid table team, Mm. he's definitely got more to sit back on he's got more um he's got a little bit more ability and flexibility in the players i feel so it's just it's a bit of a struggle at the moment and if we've got one result at some point if we got one win somewhere along those first nine games because we late equalizer against brentford we drew 2-2 we had a, a save i don't know how um sanchez made when we drew nil nil against chelsea any small, just marginal game where we get a win somewhere along the first eight games, I think the attitude in the squad is so different. But when you go this long without a win, like if we don't beat yourselves, I think we'll be about half a year without a win in the Premier League because we lost our last four games at the end yeah. of last season. And now we've won nine, would be 10 without a win here. So it's, yeah, you just, you just need something to 
get the players fully on board. And while I feel as though they're committed and they're trying their best, they're just like, there must be doubts at this point after all those. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Games. Yeah, I, I feel like we're in that situation uh, and was in that situation um, because obviously the, our game against Luton was moved uh, because Luton Stadium wasn't ready. It ha- we have since played that match and of course right. won that match. That, that was the only game we've won this season. Um, but if that game had been earlier on, all these meltdowns that we were having earlier on in the season, I don't think that there would have been, potentially now the meltdowns would have been stronger because we'd have been longer without a win because the meltdowns are getting stronger again now. Um, which, you know, happens to happens to the best fan bases, but it's happening quite regularly now with us. Um, mm. Yeah, it wasn't a fun place to be. It was a Twitter, uh, Twitter clouds hashtag on Saturday evening and, and Sunday. Um, but um, just quickly before I move on to, to your thoughts on Burnley and predictions and, and, and stuff for the match, um, I just want to talk to you about some of the injuries you've got. I know you've touched on them briefly. So Tyler Adams, obviously, you've talked about a lot. Ryan Fredericks. Um, and Lewis Cook injured as well. You mentioned that. Is there anyone else that uh, I need to be aware of that's missing? Well, Lewis Cook will be suspended for three games because he got the red card. Um, yeah. So he'll be out for a bit. Um, let's see other injuries. Um, Ryan Fredericks isn't isn't really a miss because we've got other options at fullback. Mm. Um, yeah, Tyler Adams is the main one. Alex Scott has since come back. And I'm trying to think. I don't think we've got really any other first teamers out at the moment as far as I can think off the top of my head. I don't know whether it, um I don't know whether anything else came up there. But no, it is just it's that cook suspension is with the cook suspension and Tyler Adams out with like even someone that kind of does a decent job at number six in Lewis Cook, he's yeah. out. So it's yeah. like um he's a big miss. He, he's he's a bigger miss because Tyler Adams is out. So that leaves yeah. us with basically two options to fill that spot is Joe Rothwell who is fine as as a six. He's just not got the defensive numbers that matches Lewis Cook's, um, certainly not in interceptions-wise, and he's much more of an attacking player anyway. I don't really want him to be the six. He's not got the defensive awareness. Or we put in a centre-back that we kind of trialled there a bit in pre-season, Marco Sanessi, who is, who's got all the tools, I think, to be a decent six, but he's not really played there. So he's going to miss a lot of the defensive awareness that you need when you've got to worry about 360 degrees as opposed to just what's in front of you um, as yeah. a centre-back. Um, and Alex Scott, who I who I really liked in his one appearance so far, at the same time, you can look and see like he wasn't necessarily on it defensively either. So I'm like, our midfield is not doing enough to prevent goals to prevent shots at all, um, to to help mm. the defense and prevent shots, we're we're, we're conceding them was well, some of the most shots in the league, and that's yeah. mostly because our midfield is just not 
defensively solid enough. Um, and to lose Lewis Cook for three games is just makes it even worse. So um, that's that's the big area we're suffering at the moment. Again, it's it's mad how similar that, that sounds. Um, <laughs> I'm just just quickly getting the Premier League up so I can tell you how many shots we conceded against Brentford because it was quite a lot. Uh, just quickly getting the stats up, uh, we conceded 23 shots against Brentford. It's just it's just scandalous. It's a similar thing. It's because the midfield's not protecting the defence because they're too they're pushing forward too much. The gaps are there and then they're not pressing well enough. And as you said earlier, you can get picked off and get picked off quite easily. Um, which leads me on nicely to my next question because we did that so well last season in the Championship. And of course, the Premier League's a different animal. We know it is. We spent like, what, eight of the last 10 years here anyway. Um, so we are aware of it. But what have you thought on your thoughts on Burnley in the current situation? Not not the situation in the Prem, but what the club has tried to do. Because it's quite interesting, I find. And obviously, I'm going to find it interesting. It's my club. But when you look at what we've done for so long under Dyche and the style that we played, you've, you've referenced it already. You know, your 4-4-2, banks are four, compact. Even if a couple of players are off it, it doesn't really matter. You can watch Everton now if you want to watch that style of play. Burnley tried to do it, do it differently. And it worked so well for a season. Um, and I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. Last season was my favourite season following Burnley, just because of the style that we played. I would go into games and just... Sometimes it feels like a chore. Obviously, last season at any point did it did feel like a chore. We'll go into games, we'll play nice football, we'll turn teams over. Um, I don't think there's a right way to play football because I think that's harsh and it will, will be very hypocritical of me to say that after the last seven years. But I do think there's a more entertaining way to play football and last season was that. Obviously, I'm not finding it as entertaining this year. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on what the club have tried to do? Because they've tried to go in a different direction on the pitch, off the pitch. Obviously, bringing in Vincent Company. You mentioned that Ariola was your first ever overseas manager. Same with Company. You know, we, we've tried to go do do a different thing and try to sort of like get this Brexit football, uh, Brexit Burnley sort of thing, like out of people's heads. So what are your thoughts are, are on the current Burnley? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I was like a lot of people that sort of expected Burnley to be the Brentford or the Wolves or the Leeds that we came up well. and, and went and just sort of like, no, you're not going to survive. You're going to be like 12, 13. Heck, mm. you could push for a top half finish because look at what they did in the championship. And historically certainly in relatively recent history, the teams that, it doesn't even need to be the team necessarily that wins because, heck, Brentford went up through the playoffs and they ended up thriving pretty quickly. But certainly the teams that absolutely smash it in the championship and win normally then keep going when they hit the Premier League. I mean, heck, even Fulham last season, they were, they, yeah. uh, they were the ones that won the championship that year and they came up and they surprised everyone, admittedly with a couple of great signings in there, more than a couple of great signings, but Paulinho obviously in particular, and sticking yeah. with Mitrovic, who was always going to be a fantastic hit for them. The uh, the difference that I feel most it was was the thing that I think maybe again incredibly similar to us at Bournemouth is just the overturn of players, um, and that you know I, I mentioned back to Southampton again. It's when Bournemouth came up and just about survived last season, I felt as though because there were so many players in that team that had survived under Eddie Howe previously, and there was a lot yeah. of camaraderie in the group, and there was, regardless of the manager, you felt that there was a there was some sort of collective strength in the team, and Bournemouth have lost that a little bit recently, particularly with the with Jefferson Lerma going. That was the main one, but we've lost a couple of other players that you feel like just you're missing the older heads a little bit. And with Burnley, I kept, obviously there were a lot of transfers in, but unlike say, 
Forest, which obviously was mental when they came up and did it. Forest's plan was quite scattergun. They had players in every single position of all ages, from old to, to young, whereas both both of our clubs have gone all in on youngsters. Yeah. And at this point, suddenly what went from this effervescent style that you know blew teams away uh, in the championship. Burnley now don't have anything to settle back on of the experience of the structure of their last attempt at the Premier League because they've absolutely refreshed. They've refreshed the squad so much that you've mm. now not got a plan B, which admittedly would set you back more Brexit ball style and the dice. But it's like it's that bit that you sort of go, it doesn't matter if it's not quite clicking yet going forward because we've got it at the back and neither of us yeah. do at the moment. Um, and I do feel like maybe it is, it is just sort of that, that, that desire to be so um, progressive with your signings has sort of meant that there's been a weakness that neither of us saw in, in our, in our recruitment that's shown up and it's, and it's costing us at the moment. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. Uh, moving on to the match then, what sort of game are you expecting? Uh, leave the predictions off for now. We'll get into that in a, in a separate part. But personally, I, I think it's going to be a game. It could end up being like high scoring, not because it's entertaining and two free-flowing teams like I expected at Brentford. It was one free-flowing team when it wasn't us. Um, but sort of like a lot of goals in it because nobody can defend. Um, we've got a lot of injuries or injuries to key players. You've got injuries to key players and suspensions as well. Obviously, Connor Roberts will be suspended as well for us, so he's missing. So Vitinho will have to play there probably. Or no, Vincent Company. He'll, he'll shove Charlie Taylor there and put Vitinho because he's been uh, making some uh, strange decisions, I think. Um, but yeah, what sort of um, style of game are you expecting? Because like I said, I, I do think it'll, it might look free-flowing, um, but I think there'll be a lot of goals in it because of how bad the defences and, and, uh, and the midfields are. Yeah, I think I think it is it is that because of the the lack of control for either midfield could see this turn into a basketball game for most of the match. Um yeah. And I do think that it it could well be just a a game of which team is going to score more. It's just like mm. it just can can the other can one of these teams win it 4-3 sort of thing um because it really does feel that feel that way at the moment and i think that that's probably given our certainly from my perspective given our current defensive and defensive issues and midfield issues in particular i do feel we should just be going you know absolutely um uh full throttle just try and score doesn't matter how many you can see just keep going for the going for the goal yeah. and just keep pushing on as much as you can to keep scoring because like you've mentioned like i mean we've scored six you've scored seven we've conceded 20 you've conceded 23 it's like it's not good from either perspective but at least i do look at some of the some of the attacking that we've been doing and think we could definitely score a couple here at least so yeah i, I fully expect a basketball game on this one yeah i agree um my worry is Solanke. He's so good, isn't he? Um, and he has been scoring goals even now in this. In in a, in, I'm going to say poor Bournemouth side. I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, you have started poorly, um, but who knows? You could click on. Um, but again, Lal Foster scoring goals in a poor Bournemouth side, or not to be harsh, a side that started poorly. Um, mm -hmm. So that that is a worry of mine. Uh, I remember the Brentford fan that came on last week. He said we're creating a lot of chances. We're just not putting it in the net. And obviously, they created even more chances against us and, and put them in the net. Um, one thing that is guaranteed 
guaranteed is you'll score a goal from 30 yards because everybody does it against us this season because <laughs> the midfield just says, have a shot, why don't you? Um, so at least you can guarantee that one. But let's get into predictions then. As I said, I am expecting goals because of two poor defences and I am nothing more than blind faith, but I'm going to predict a draw just because nothing more than blind faith. I've not seen anything to suggest that we might get a draw in the last few weeks. But, you know... W- it's teams in and around us and a team that hasn't won yet this season and we've shown that we can win games in the Prem this season. Obviously, Bournemouth might still have the niggle in the back of the head that they haven't won yet this season. So, who knows? I think I think it can go either way. It's one of them games, but I'm going to sit on the fence, get some splinters and just say 2-2. That's an interesting call, actually. In our last 10 fixtures, there hasn't been a single draw um, between between Bournemouth and Burnley. Uh, it's been three wins to us, seven wins to you. Um but uh, that was obviously under Dyche and Howe for the vast majority yeah. of those. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I'm normally quite pessimistic when it comes to Bournemouth, but I just feel as though this is just like there's no other option but to go for the win on this one, yeah. just to go all out for it. You, like, you, can't, you can't be at home against another team that's down right next to you, having a very similar struggling season and not just go all out for it. And I do feel as though we'll concede probably at least a couple of goals as a result. But I think that, as you mentioned, Solanke on form, I think with Billing playing as the 10 more often, might see Alex Scott, whether he starts or comes on later, I think he's been good to see. And we've got enough going forward to score at least a couple, I think. So I'm I'm going to go for a 3-2 win. Well, it'll be entertaining, if anything. Um <laughs> I, I, I'm not too far. You, you won't be too far wrong. Like I said, I'm expecting goals. Uh, I predicted 2-2 last week as well uh, down at Brentford. Um, <laughs> so if if my form uh, is similar to that, then you'll obviously be having a comfortable win. Uh, but just before we wrap up, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your podcast and your YouTube channel if anyone want to text in any, any bomb of content after the match or before the match? Yeah, uh, we're uh, we're at Cherry's Red Army on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Um, our weekly Cherries in Focus show is also on um, Spotify as well, or podcast platforms, I believe. Um, but yeah, we do a weekly show just just focusing on how Bournemouth have been and, and looking ahead to the head to the next game. Um, and the, we do odd one-off content as well. The most recent one was uh, um, Kirk, who runs the channel, was speaking to an ex-Bournemouth journalist um, about. Uh, our current plight um which i haven't caught yet but i do plan on watching this evening but uh, which should be a good watch but uh yeah cherry's red army on most platforms yeah well cheers for that john appreciate you coming on uh obviously only managed to ask you yesterday so it's all i'm very unprepared everybody i ask is like the day before so i should really start really planning ahead because sometimes i'm on podcasts and they'll, they'll send me a message like two weeks before and i was like can you do this in two weeks I'm like yeah but remind me because i will forget um so i should be more prepared but thanks for coming on mate i appreciate it good luck for the season but of course after saturday yeah absolutely same to you as well it's the 90th minute all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.